This podcast is made possible by Sage People and U.S. Bank. Hello, this is Rick Fegley. I'm Chief Financial Officer of Smart and Final Link, and you're listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 434. I have a personal mantra of progress over perfection. There's no such thing as perfection, but there's always progress because perfection means the world is static and the world isn't static. So you always have to constantly change and do better and always look to do better. And I think the most important value company is courage. We trust each other to assess our situation based on data without bias. So can you have the courage to challenge or, or dispute or support a position that may be contrary or may be complementary with facts and with data, with thought, without bias. That's courage. From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. Given the opportunity, would you take on a CFO role if a company was in the midst of a turnaround? Many finance executives do just that. In fact, many finance leaders have built their careers as turnaround CFOs where they parachute in to challenging circumstances and put their leadership to the test. Today we speak to Rick Young, who stepped into the CFO office at Tango earlier this year and is now working alongside CEO Robert Irwin to help the expense management software company place both of its feet firmly back on the growth path. We asked Rick about the opportunity that led him to Tango's CFO office and those experiences that best prepared him to meet the challenge. We begin after these words from our sponsor. Hello, Jack here. I have a message for you from the folks at Sage People. Decisions about your people should be driven by data. But is your HR department still using spreadsheets to keep track of your people? It's time to move to cloud. Understand what makes your employees tick. Know your best performers or determine absence trends all with a cloud HR and people system. Sage People empowers organizations to respond quickly and easily to changing priorities in today's shifting world of work. It means you can make sure your workforce is able to adapt while staying connected and engaged wherever they are. Discover how to get instant insights at your fingertips. Visit us today at sageintech.com forward slash sage dash people. Hello, we're speaking with Rick Young, CFO of Tango, a 
of global technology expense management and enterprise mobility service provider. Rick, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So we want to discover what uh, what led you to Tango's CFO office. But first, as always, we ask you to look back and share with us what were some of those experiences you feel that prepared you for a CFO role? What comes to mind? Well, Jack, uh, I jump-started my career at GE and developed my finance leadership skills and toolkit through various finance and operating roles. Upon reflection, my first executive leadership, executive leadership was the VP of Financial Planning Analysis for a $2 billion transportation manufacturing service business comes to mind. I was fortunate to be part of a management team that successfully served publicly traded large cap customers, delivered cost actions to improve our margins and cash flow, and integrated the company's first acquisition in its history. The next pivotal point in my career was my step into the private equity industry. I learned how troubled companies with strong underlying fundamentals can be improved with honed focus, financial discipline, and speed of decisions are critical under demanding and dynamic business environments. After my private equity experience, I appreciate the value of underwriting, risk management, and speed. Another path-breaking moment in my career was joining a startup from day one. I assembled a team and built processes from scratch to launch products within nine months and ultimately selling the company within 18 months from day one. After the startup experience, I appreciate the challenge for business leaders, building the right team, creating a winning culture, and progress over perfection mentality. Hopefully that gives you an insight into some critical core points in my career, Jack. Thanks. You know, I want to, uh, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to take a look back at GE. Uh, you were there, uh, you were there nine, nine years? Almost over ten years, years, almost a decade. Over ten, like 94 yeah. to 200, 2005, yeah, yeah. seven years. Okay, so you had a, a decade at GE, and clearly there were a number of paths you could have gone. Why private equity? And so I felt I was ready, and I said, you know what, where can I marry my finance skills and my absolute curiosity for business operations? And so private equity was booming at the time, and a lot of companies were looking for mid career, talented individuals that have a strong finance domain, but have a strong operating bent on execution. And so when you get into middle market private equity, these companies need a lot of work because like anything else in life, right, there's not enough talent in the world to run all companies in the world great. So talent is the critical part of any business. I don't care what you do, whether you're doing credit cards, appliances, uh, telecom management, technology management services, you need talent. And so I realized my overall career thesis became different. There's always going to be challenged middle market companies in the world. And companies will always need my skill set, no matter what industry they're in. You're a strong leader. You're able to communicate. You're able to identify, retain talent and develop a plan and execute and deliver results, you're always going to be wanted and needed. So a long-winded story of sort of how I, over the last 
24 years, 25 years of my career, because I started as an intern, sort of evolved my thinking on the concept of a career. I want to ask you about your, your private equity experience, because you were doing it a while. Yeah. You, you, you got in that space, and you I stayed there. I am. This company that I work for, equity firm. So, yes. So, so, but, but, so what's new is that you've taken on this CFO title. Yes. Did you see it as a, something that you've always wanted? Did you, did you feel like it's time? It's time that, to demonstrate I have skin in the game, not just as a, an advisor, but someone who's going to be part of this management team and help this company, you know, advance and build itself. So here's so. Here's how I, I, I approach situations. First, and this is what I've learned with private equity, I look at every sort of job role. First, I underwrite the company. If I were to invest in the company with my own money, what do I like about it? What do I not like about it? And what's the opportunity to create value, right? Step number one. Step number two what is the leadership like? What's the vision? What's the strategy? And step number three, what's the culture going to be like? Uh, will I be a fit? Because I'm a firm believer there's horses for courses, right? Not everyone is fit for every role, and not every company is fit for everyone. And so will my skills be complementary in my, my style, my leadership, my experience be complementary and additive to the management team? And I honestly can say this. This is not the one of the best executive teams that I've ever worked with. It's, it, it, we're, we're, you know, we, we really believe whether it's selflessness. You know, we, we, we use that word, and there's a lot of people that have values, but we actually believe it. We live it. We actually use the word in our conversations every day, whether it's selflessness. We work together for the good of each other. So how do you create a high-performing team? So what's good for the team may not necessarily be optimal for the individual, but if we're all bought into a common purpose, you are going to demonstrate selflessness, right? Another value we think, everybody throws the word integrity. Well, we determine integrity a little bit differently. We say what we mean and we do what we say. So if you commit to deliver on, a, on an action item, you commit that you're going to do it, and you do it. And that's a level of integrity. And then there's excellence. Another value, we do our best work and we always look to do better. Because I have a personal mantra of progress over perfection. There's no such thing as perfection, but there's always progress. Because perfection means the world is static and the world isn't static. So you always have to constantly change and do better and always look to do better. And I think the most important value that's in our company is courage. We trust each other to assess our situation based on data without bias. So can you have the courage to challenge or, or dispute or support a position that may be contrary or maybe complementary with facts and with data, with thought, without bias? That's courage. The tango. And that's some of those values, those four values, as I talked to the CEO, Bob Irwin, those are the things that made it, I, I really want to work and partner with Bob, the CEO, very well. So that's one of the reasons that attracted me to come here was my discussions with Bob on his philosophy and his strategy and how he wants to change the company. And 
and what values he stands for, and what values he wants to bring to the to, to the new Pango. So those are some of the things that helped me make the decisions we talked about. Underwrite the business. What is the role that's being looked at? What skills do I have? How can this role grow? How can I help the company grow? What can I value? And most importantly, is there a good cultural leadership fit? Okay, so now let's find out about Tango. We know that it's had some challenges that it's had to address uh, in, in the not-too-distant past. But what is, in regards to its offerings, what is this company's competitive edge today? I think if we look at sort of three critical things, Jack, about what makes our competitive edge, we are the only company with a size and breadth to serve all technology expense and asset management needs around the world's largest corporation. And here's a fact, which includes 40% of under them, we are cur- we could currently proudly call our customers. Two, our unmatched expertise. Our technology expense and, the, and asset management experts average over 15 years of experience of dedicated knowledge to this space. And the third piece, our leading edge platform and automation, Tango Atlas platform is the only solution designed to manage all technology assets, whether it's fixed, mobile, or cloud all technology expenses under one single unified platform. Those are three, global reach and scale, two unmatched expertise, and three leading edge platform and automation. Next, can you tell us something about the customer mix today? Is this, uh, are you serving quite a few large enterprise customers? A large majority of our customers have over revenue over a billion dollars. But can you tell us about, you know, the important metrics that you pay attention to? What are they? Well, I think a couple things. Wearing the, the CFO hat, right, a couple things. We look at growth. So how is our pipeline looking? New opportunities, opportunities to cross, opportunities uh, to upsell. Bookings, are the, is the pipeline converting into actual bookings and orders and contracts? And then, like any business, right, cash is, is, is an important uh, source for business where they're looking at our collections and disbursements. And also, two margins. Are, are we uh, improving or keeping our margins appropriately as we execute our plan? Now, did you, when you arrived there, did you have something in, the, uh, in mind as far as how you would organize your team? Did you prioritize making some key hires? Sure, it's a great question. So, a couple of things. I, given this is a turnaround situation, I quickly align my finance organization around three priorities. As I look at any job, Jack, as I come into, I typically have a very clear, within one to two weeks, a 30, 60, 90-day plan. And step number one for me was transform and the financial business reporting. To be a successful CFO and business partner, one needs to provide clear and insightful reporting and analysis to understand what we call, I quote, our brutal reality. In my opinion, it's critical for business to understand and accept the reality without bias. So all parties are engaged and see what works well and shine light, fortunately, unfortunately, 
on areas that are requiring improvement. And so the first area that we had to tackle as a team, my finance team, was cash flow reporting and forecasting. Second area, obviously, okay, we have to improve our operating cash flow. So brought in a new team, a new leader, revenue recognition lead, a billing manager, improved our billing quality and speed as trying to improve our customer uh, experience. And then more importantly, like any business, we've got to expand our margins. We've got to drive initiatives and projects to help tango, standardize, consolidate, and transform our key processes. So after I set those initial priorities, Jack, I focus my efforts on building the right finance leadership team to tackle these critical priorities. And so my two lieutenants that helped me lead the finance organization and help partner with the business leaders is my VP of financial planning analysis and my global controller. Did you work with recruiters, or how did you find well, those people you already knew, or how did you uh, how did you source them? Great. Two, two, two ways. One was someone that I'd known at GE and had worked in an organization that I had led, and we've kept in touch sporadically over the years. And, and his, watching his career, he had watched my career, and I knew he was in the area, and I reached out to him, and that's sort of how it all happened. The other role, I went through a typical recruiting process, um, and I was able, I'm fortunate, to find a, a, a person that had private equity experience with multiple different firms, dealt with lower middle market companies, and went through the sale process of a company and building and, and fixing small companies. So different skill sets, different ways to, to, to find people. But, you know, and, and, and then like anything else, when you're looking for talent, it's always important, I think, when you find talent, it's a two-way street. It's not only just myself as the hiring leader. It's well as I'm, at, I'm also assessing is the person being critical to determine, do I have the right skills? Will I be, how will I be successful? Where can I grow and how will I fix? Because it's a two-way street. You're making a commitment. So everyone has to, in my opinion, during my interview process and I interview candidates, I always discuss the brutal reality, right? Where have you done well? Where have you not done well? Here's the role. Here are the great parts of the role. Here are the opportunities to improve in the role. And so there's a level setting again because then you get to see is there a fit. And so if you find the right candidate, when they come in, there's no surprises. And so it helps them assimilate and move quickly to get on board and to be able to add value very quickly. Now, we know that Tango's uh, turnaround chapter, the kickoff, really predates you. But I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind if you, you could just recap for us, give us some context as how to now where you fit into that. Jack, when you reflect on Tango's story uh, briefly, Tango's a company that grew through multiple acquisitions, uh, fast, rapid growth, and ran into some external challenges. After the company was able to get through those challenges, the new investors came in and were very decisive in their actions. One was field the right team, brought in a great new CEO, 
that deal quickly changed over pretty much the entire executive team to set the priorities for the company on delivering really five critical things. Customer experience, deliver the best customer experience in the market. Two, go faster than the competition. Three, product excellence, offer the highest rated products in the market. Four, empower and most engaged employees in the industry. And most important, we've got to beat our customers and our investors' expectations. And those are the critical things that have changed and are changing at, Tang, at New Tango. I have to believe in the past there were similar opportunities where you were involved with turnarounds, where you were helping turnarounds in the portfolio and the private equity world. Yes. But you didn't join those teams. You joined this one. Sure. Can you tell us a little bit about your decision-making at that time? Jack, as I reflect on the key decision variables to make the decision to take the CFO role at Tango, it really came down to four critical things. One, the chairman of the company, Dave Hansen, is someone who I respect and admired and worked with several years in the past in another private equity setting. Two, Bob Irwin, the CEO of the company, and I spent quite a bit of time talking about our experiences, our philosophies on leadership, our philosophies around what's required to turn this company around, and most importantly, discussing how we vote and think about how we underwrite the business and how the business can improve going forward. The third piece is Tango is the leader in this space, and it has great fundamentals. It just needs investment and the right talent to move it forward to continue to lead and drive the industry going forward. And fourth, for me, looking at the CFO role, I wanted a CFO role that was operationally focused. If it was a pure software play, I would have probably not been as energized about it. But given the operating elements of Tango, where it's a software company, a technology company, as well as it provides services for its customers, gave me the opportunity to use skills and experiences throughout my career, and how can I add value to that beyond just being a CFO? I think it's interesting that your uh, past experience speaks to this type of role in situation. And same thing with, uh, it sounds like, the same thing with the people who you want to add to your team. No, I mean, here's the thing is, and just a side comment, um, Jack, there's only 25 hours in the day, and there's a lot of time. I want to have fun and want to be able to go to battle that I believe that I trust, and they trust me, and we're going to win. And I'm very clear winning culture. So that's, that's an important part of my underwriting, which I talked about. You have to make sure you're picking the right team beyond once you get comfortable with the business. So let me ask you our finance strategic moment question. And this uh, this might not have been at Tango for sure. I mean, it could have been any time in your, your finance career. Uh, but just given your lines of sight into business that you've enjoyed over the years, is there something in the numbers, something on the finance end of the business that you identified uh, that led you to uh, either uh, stay away from a risk or 
uh, drew you to an opportunity or made you change the direction of a, of a company? What, anything come to mind when I ask that? So, Jack, I think what, what comes to mind is a recent experience at Tango. I've been in the role since April 2018. And really the moment came to me when I was communicating the importance of operating cash flow to my finance and the executive team. I said on my first 90 days on the job, and I was quite repetitive, and I said this every day, cash is like air. Air must is a must-have ingredient for an organism to thrive and grow. So after two weeks on the job, we started reporting global cash bank balances. So we knew where the cash was being generated, consumed on a daily, weekly, and a monthly basis. Following the sources and uses of your company's cash educates a finance organization collectively as one unit. How does the business model actually work? So my first objective was to establish a baseline, whether it was this baseline process helped my team to demonstrate courage. We trust each other to assess our situation based on data without bias. The second objective was to improve the team's knowledge base over underlying business processes that drive cash generation or consumption. This process enabled my team to partner with the business team to drive excellence. We do our best work and always look to do better. The third objective was to start a weekly cash forecasting process and track our performance against forecasts. This process established a culture of integrity, our number one value. We say what we mean and we do what we say. The fourth objective was to stretch to set stretch goals, to encourage new ideas and break paradigms. Oh, it can't be done, Rick. It's not going to happen. We've tried that before. This process empowered to demonstrate selflessness. We work together for the good of each other. This real-life story that I've gone through the last six months encapsulates the importance of establishing what I call a simple common purpose, engaging thought leaders to generate ideas, holding your constantly to make your operation a reality. With all these, with all the team's efforts, it provided us the quote, the air that we needed to invest in Tango's talent, products, and services to build towards building a world-class customer experience. So it's a recent experience, but it's a real experience, and, and we just went through it the last five to six months in my, in my, in my role. Thought Leader listeners, when we come back, we'll be entering the mentoring round with CFO Rick Young. And I ask Rick whether he'd like to be known as a turnaround CFO. His answer may surprise you. We'll be right back. The business landscape is changing quickly. As the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases, you need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization. Our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. 
To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. questions intended to inspire and mentor future finance leaders. And I think you've already shared uh, a number of things that are exciting you about the business, but let me ask, uh, what's one thing that's exciting you about finance and business today? I think I answer that in two parts. I think in general, being part of a transformation or turnaround business always provides new opportunities and challenges versus a steady state business. In terms of finance, I always relish the opportunity to establish leading and lagging performance indicators of the business team that drive performance towards the business priorities. It's critical to get alignment, and the best way to get alignment between finance and business are metrics. In your latest uh, career chapter, what do you wish someone had told you before you stepped into that CFO role? What would be the piece of advice you'd have someone whisper in your ear if you could replay that for them? Three things I would give someone young in their career don't worry about titles just do a great job one two be willing to do projects that no one else is willing to do take a risk and three do a good job when no one else is looking is there a a personal habit that you have or maybe it's a daily routine that you has, that you feel has contributed to your professional success? I think, Jack, when I, when I think about a personal habit, irrespective of a situation or a person that I'm meeting or a deal that I'm looking at, I will always gather information from others and listen and ask questions. Ultimately, though, I need to make my own judgment. So I don't let others bias me. I take their information, try to sift out opinion versus data. That's one. And I think, two, I'm always conscious of the energy in a room. And I always like the energy of a room to be high-paced, collaborative, and constructive. Is there a book you'd recommend to aspiring finance leaders? Yes, uh, the book that I would recommend that was actually recommended from the flip side by Flip Flippin'. And the title of it is Break Free of the Behaviors That Hold You Back. And what attracted me and I loved about this book is the concept of a social contract. And I was actually able to see this concept to put into work with the CEO that introduced me. He actually implemented this concept with his leadership team where they went off for a a full day or half day off site and they wrote up certain norms on how they will work with each other, how they'll handle conflict, how they will help each other and wrote it all down, typically eight to ten things. And then each of the different leaders signed the paper and he made copies around it and framed it. And so whenever they're in a meeting, they always refer to, here's our social contract. And it's funny, I've actually, uh, I've actually translated that with my kids. <laughs> Would you want to be uh, characterized as a turnaround CFO? Great question. 
Uh, I, I wouldn't want to be characterized as a turnaround CEO. I built experiences and expertise in how to deal and how to lead an organization and work with a business team to turn around. However, I think the skills that I've built, whether it's leadership, underwriting, execution, talent development, speed to decision, fielding the right team, creating winning culture, progress over perfection mentality that I believe in, is translatable to any type of company. Why I have, through my career, moved into situations that require turnarounds is because I've always felt those are the areas that you could implement them the quickest, the fastest, and make the biggest impact. And so I think those are translatable in a startup also. Okay, our final question. What are your priorities as a finance leader over the next 12 months? I think it's very simple. For us, it's execute Tango's game plan. Deliver a great customer experience, grow market share, work with the team to invest, ensure that we've got product excellence, partner with the executives to ensure we have the highest engaged employees in the industry, and continue to provide transparency to all of our stakeholders, our customers, our employees, and our investors. Rick Young, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader. Appreciate it. Thought Leader listeners, whether you've already ascended into the ranks of finance leaders or have only just begun the journey, your professional narrative needs a reboot. Join our email list at cfothoughtleader.com and receive my latest email series, Finance and the Power of Narrative. It's time to mobilize the past to achieve your goals. Thank you for listening.